Hey, what's up? It's Fox 13's Big Buddha. You are listening to KUTE Radio, radio for students, by students. Hi, I'm Andy Gold, and you're listening to All Ute Radio with Sasha and Becca, and they rule. You're listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. And it hurts so good. Sasha Bloom with all you radio. Keith McDonald, how are you, good sir? I'm very well, sir. Thanks for having me on today. This is your show, why wouldn't we? This is our show. Yes. <laughs> this is all you radio. And we have to thank everybody that's listening to us while they're watching the NBA draft. Congratulations on the newest NBA, uh, the newest jazz man, Dante Exum, out of Australia. Boo! Hey, give him a, give the kid a chance. <laughs> give the kid a chance, man. He's an international player. Mm-hmm. He's been playing against pros since he was like 16 years old. Me too. And he's a and he's a and he's a six six guard that will make up for the fact that we drafted a midget at with our first pick last year. No no offense to to, to Trey Burke. So who's our shooting guard then? Our shooting guard's going to be Alec Burke going forward. Okay, so. We have two people on on the jazz team named Burks, right? Burke and then Burks. Yes, that's utterly confusing. I know when coach wants to yell at somebody, he gets just flabbergasted at Burke, Burke, Burks, Burks, whoever you know who I'm talking to, you. I don't like this, sir. So what is going to happen with our – which ones came from Michigan, Burks or Burke? Burks. Trey Burke, the shorter individual, came from Michigan. So he's going to become our shooting guard. No, he's our point guard. So what are they doing with this new point guard? Well, Exum is a combo guard. He's six foot six, so he can handle the ball really well because well, Trey can shoot a little better than him. Or when the matchup's favorable to for him to be off the ball, then he can play off the ball. From my understanding, from hearing Tony Jones and the David Locks of the world, that Trey Burks is a natural shooting guard and not a born point guard. Is that correct? Exactly. So, um, he, so why wouldn't he naturally transfer over to shooting guard? Because he can't guard a shooting guard. Because he's Cause, short. Because he's too short. So what he does is can they fire him? <laughs> not can now. They, can they annex him? No. Well, the, the the good thing about it is that he can still uh, guard the short guy that the taller player doesn't want to bend down and guard. You know. So <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you're six, six, six to guard a guy that's five foot nine and, and running around like a little water bug. So they just they just switch on defense and then offensively they play. He'll be playing the shoot a more of a shooting role while Dante Exum will be playing more of a distributor's role. And so we still have the dumb Entis Cantor and the dumb favors on our team, right? 
you know, I, I can't defend uh, Ennis Cantor's intellectual ability <laughs> by the shots that he takes and the horrible things he does on the court. I think uh, I'm, I'm I don't care about their intelligence as basketball players. They're dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the court, like I can't defend his on court intellect. It's not good. It's poor. His basketball IQ is poor. But I think Derek Favors could be uh, a, a pretty good power forward. But as far as Dante Exum, I mean, as far as uh, Ennis Cantor, I think he's just not. He doesn't have the intellect to be uh, uh, one of your mainstay guys. Can we trade Gordon Hayward for, like, bus passes? We're going to trade Gordon Hayward. We were trying to trade him for uh, Char Chandler Parsons from the Houston Rockets, uh, a guy out of the University of Florida, but I don't think anything happened with that. I agree that, that Gordon Hayward needs to go, though. Can we just get rid of the whole team? Can we move them to a different city and start over? I don't know. I think we just need to to move, let them, let the New Orleans have them back. You know, they're the Jazz. They belong in New Orleans. And let's get a football team and tick all the Mormons off. Baseball. <laughs> you know what? I mean, we we have minor league baseball though, man. I'd like to see us get football here for some reason. We got we've got professional uh, soccer. We've got professional basketball. We don't have professional football. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not a big football fan, so I could care either way. But it won't happen in Utah as long as the ODS Church is uh, yeah, running happen. things. It's, you a, think it's so? a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. So why 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 are you so down on the Jazz right now? What's what's up with that? I've been down on the Jazz for let's see, I'm 34, so 34 years. <laughs> well, like I'm they're my favorite team. I'm a like I don't now that I'm kind of in the journalism role. I don't really have a rooting interest, but. Wise. I'm still a jazz guy. I'm an Oakland A guy. I always will be. I'm not a turncoat. Okay, let's know. talk about those dirty Oakland A's yeah, then, man. Dennis Eckersley and, and Conseco and McGuire, man. Let's see, McGuire was the only thing that kept me from catching ass whoopings my whole life. Because you look like McGuire with the hair. I just got that. And the big shoulders. And, and so, you know, and I used to, as a little boy, I used to get all the redhead jokes, right? Because you, you know the history of the redhead throughout the world, right? No, what's the history of the redhead? All right, so there used to be an open-door policy in Europe where you could uh, kill redheads because they thought that they were vampires. Like, I think in Lithuania up until, like, 30 years ago, you used to be able to spit on redheads when they were in public. That just seems really... Oh, yeah, type, type in... You know, we don't have to do it on the show, but anyone who's listening, type in redheads in the old Google machine and the history of redheads and in Italy, like they used to kill them and all over, especially in the Eastern blocks, they were seen as real evil people. And so when I was a little boy, you used to catch the flack, you know, being a ginger, I could always say, look at Mark McGuire. He's hey, the best athlete on the, the planet. The first sentence in the red hair uh, part of Wikipedia says, in Italy, red hair was associated with Italian Jews. Yeah, that's and the that's the first thing I came up. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. It just it just amazes me how the human race draws lines between people. It just amazes me. My favorite thing is, especially in Salt Lake, there's there's a lot of Irish people around here, and so I'll be in grocery stores, and because of the way my beard is, like I'll get these old men that come up to me and go, "Oh, you're a Highlander, huh?" <laughs> And it's like, dude, just because I have red hair and a beard doesn't mean I'm Irish. Like, it, it's funny to me. Like, that's what I always get. So I go well, with it. When you said Highlander, I thought of the movie Highlander. Though, <laughs> and you Roman with a sword, man. <laughs> well, 
I'm an old soul, sir, so you never know. You never know, never know, man. So uh, what do we have on tap for these lovely listeners today? Well, you'll have to explain the first guest because I accidentally deleted your tweet <laughs> yeah. from us. Well, thanks for playing off me there, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so our first guest will be Nate Synchronize Chacon. I, I don't know how to produce, pronounce his last name correctly. I just call him Synchronize Nate um, from Mike Masters of uh, Utah. What is they, that? It's a rap battle league here in Utah. It's the the more uh, what, I would say, yeah yeah yeah. So um, it, it's the more I would say uh, underground league. There's two of them here in Utah. One is called A Hat All Hip Hop All the Time, and this one that's coming in is called Mike Masters, the the locally homegrown edition of Utah Rap Battles. It's been going on for a few years now, and uh, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of battles that go on, uh, especially throughout the summer and all through the winter. They they exchange kind of like a and, and travel sort of like a traveling league of of, of, uh, of performers, and it's it's like spoken word poetry, only a little a little more aggressive and violent. Oh, just a little, <laughs> just a little. You know, I had an interview with uh, the A Hat Battle Champion. His name is AK. A Hat. A Hat is all hip hop all the time. It's the second rap battle league out here or it's another rap battle league out here and i had a, a opportunity to interview their champion and he, he pretty much told me that you know the the extreme dissing is is going away and it's more about uh, wordplay and lyricism i haven't seen that i've seen a lot of people get mad and a lot of fights and stuff like that but i'm looking forward to seeing a lot of a lot more lyricism out of the hip-hop world man especially in utah man because we're we're a little bit behind Maybe, I think so, man. I think when I think when the general public of hip hop latches onto something and says this is good, this is something that everybody needs to hear. I think we're a little bit behind that movement. Is that a bad thing? Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's very good. Some movements I don't want to see come to be. Excuse me. Pardon me, that was gross. Some some <laughs> movements some some movements don't I don't want to see come to me, so it's good. But sometimes it's bad. It's like you know, like I really want you guys to get over gangbanging. I really do want you guys to get over it, but it won't happen until people kind of get with the times and and, and move forward, man. And you, I think we follow a little bit too much. We follow California. We follow trends, and we don't set. Well, Utah's never been designed that way. I mean, they call us the Beehive State. They. They all want us to be working boys and girls and just hard workers. You know, that that's why we have a lower quality of life in a lot of instances compared to other cities from a capitalistic point of view. Like my job in California is a $40 an hour job here. It's half that. Um, is that is that partly because of cost of living, though, because it's almost twice as much to live in California than it is in Utah? That might have some to do with it, but it also has to do with unions. Yeah. Utah's yeah. a right-to-work state. Yeah, that is that is true. Like, working and traveling sport production like I do, one of the hard things with me consistently getting traveling gigs is I can't join the union, right? And so they don't want a guy that's not a union guy working. I can't work for him. So, a lot of politics, man. But Utah... It's a way of owning the workforce, I believe. And, you know, how many how many workers right now listening have health insurance from their workers in Utah? Probably a very small percentage. And me, go even further. How many people have full-time employment in Salt Lake City? Now, that seems almost like a gift to get in this city. It, it, you know what? And I, I don't blame the state governments as much as I blame the federal government. 
because I think our federal government is letting our corporations be slippery and 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 and, and take advantage of the workforce and, well, and and you know outsource all of these jobs and stuff. We don't make anything anymore. We don't do much anymore. Like most of our efforts are behind social programs and and things of that nature. We don't build. There's no more car industry. There's no more. Uh, manufacturing industry there's no more you know we don't have those industries to where somebody can you know with with a lot of hard work and not as much education carve out a decent life for them when i look back in old sitcoms and you see uh, archie bunker for example archie bunker was a single single man he had his wife that he took care of he had a home he had a car and he his his daughter sometime and her husband sometimes lived with them off of one salary that is totally not feasible right now for a middle-class person in America. And we wonder why we have high prison populations and high heroin and methamphetamine and cocaine addictions by our young boys and girls. No parents in the house. Uh, they're all working. You know, I come from a two-parent working family, and I had no one watching me, and my parents loved the heck out of me. But I was very mischievous because I had no supervision. I got to walk a mile home every day from the bus. You know how much fun that was with my friends? Yeah, and <laughs> and the thing is, like, now our kids are, like, constantly monitored. Like, they all have cell phones. They all have social media profiles. They all – just look at somebody that's lost their phone and see how, how much anxiety that causes them. You know, just to be apart from their phone for, like, five minutes causes someone so much anxiety. And we just put so much into these – devices man where where you know as a young person you're supposed to be worrying about establishing yourself as a human being and and and, and building your common sense and credibility and things of that nature but they're not they're, we're worried about electronics and likes and, and and follows and stuff like that man i don't know i i try to kick my kid out the house like <laughs> every so often i'll be like hey get go somewhere get out of here you know and i'll monitor him i'll look at him i'll watch him while he doesn't think i'm watching him you know but i want him to have that freedom like we had like i didn't have a cell phone so i roamed and when the street light came on that mean go home that meant go home you know mm -hmm. now it's a little bit different man my little my my if i if i ha happen to have another child it won't be or my son it won't be any street light type thing it'll be me going to get him when i want to go get him and when he needs to come home but my parents trusted me man so, any of you beautiful ladies looking to have a kid, get a hold of Keith McDonald. Oh, no. Keith underscore McDonald underscore on Twitter. That is so, the yeah. wrong one. It's just Keith L. McDonald now. I changed uh. that because you guys made fun, so much fun of me. Hit him up. He'll, uh... Only thing, only thing I got for a lady right now is some textbooks. And <laughs> I got some textbooks. I got a, 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 a probably maybe a graham cracker too and a, and a and a nice pat on the back man but i'm not looking for any i'm not looking for any you sound uh, like a boring date concubine. Sir. i'm not dating either <laughs> man no dating man I'm, I'm concentrating on this prized possession of mine which is a communication degree from the flagship university of utah oh, that'd be a pac-12 school sir it is a, from from a pac-12 school yeah, including same degree as uh, stanford and berkeley and ucla hey my mom wanted me to go to Stanford. She still wants me to go and to Stanford. And we have better looking co-eds than those campuses. I have not been to UCLA, but I'd like to be a judge in that contest if it were possible. I've been to UCLA many times. Really? Yeah, it's a really pretty campus. But weren't, weren't impressed with the co-eds, though. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, get, I get turned on by the 400-pounders, so, you know. Whatever, man. I think all women. I was are talking to I was talking to a girl in the library, and you were like, "She's cute, but 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put you all the way out there. Oh, no. We, we are all you radio love women of all shapes, sizes, colors, denominations, creeds, and whatever else we can fit in there. I mean, it, it's hard to be picky when I'm weighing close to 500 pounds. Yeah, right, man. <laughs> not, not, you wouldn't weigh f- close to 500 pounds with, with all your clothes on and rocks in your pockets, man. <laughs> so guess what? What's going on? After our fantastic conversation about hip-hop and rapping and battling and everything else that's going to go on during that hour. We have the very funny Aaron Woodall coming in. He's a good headlining Ogden Wise Guys this weekend. So you have to go up there and see him. He's supposed to be a very funny man. He's a BYU boy. Oh, wow. Well, we won't hold that against him. Yeah, we will. Thank you, Sasha. <laughs> I was just I was just fronting, man. I really wanted to hold it against him. But, you know, uh, BYU's uh, created some good uh, comics in this town. I know Christian Piper being one of them. So, anything else? I'm, I'm really disappointed with this jazz thing. I'm telling you, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that Dante Exum is going to pleasantly surprise you. If pleasantly not, surprise If not me. only, if, if not for his play... For the, for, for the sole reason that being a foreign-born player, he's going to behave differently than American players. I think he, won't, he probably won't. It'll take him a little while to develop that hubris because he's not an American. I got it. There, here's a, so picking number six was the Boston Celtics. They got Marcus Smart from Oklahoma State, a point guard. What are they going to do with that other dumb point guard they have? Rondo mm-hmm. Rondo's actually not. Dumb, he's just a jerk, really. Like, nobody likes him. Nobody. Ray Allen didn't like him. KG didn't like him. Uh, you, you notice that the whole championship team kind of left, and he's the only one there? Yeah. It's because he was pretty much – the rumors out of Boston where he was pretty much uncoachable, and the players didn't, didn't really like him. So are they going to plan on trading him then? Because he's not going to – Want to share backcourt space with another point guard. Well, the thing is, it's like some of the some of the rookie guards aren't ready to play right away. So what they do is they let the they let them move themselves in, and then they trade the star players like midseason. Because Rondo came off a, a, a ACL injury last year, so he didn't play too much. So they're gonna let him. He didn't play at all. He played a little bit. He did. He played a little bit last year. During the end, he played a few games, and he played sparingly in those few games. He, did, he wasn't the old Rondo, but I, what I think Boston's plan is to let him play, let their young rookie play behind him, raise his stock back up to where it was, they, okay, he's fine now, and then trade him, and then Marcus Smart will be the point guard of the future. See, I remember watching Darren Williams sitting on our, on the Jazz bench. Counting. Oh, my God, it used to make me mad. It's like we got this rookie, number three pick, stole him away from the Trailblazers. And then he's just sitting there. And, you know, I don't care what they say, but you, a year in the NBA is like gold. You know, you can't let these kids sit. Yeah, it depends. It depends how young they are. Because Ke- Kevin Garnett, like when he was right out of high school, or like uh, let's say Marcus, well, not Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, Andre Wiggins, and the Parker kid, all of them are 19 Julius Randle got hired by the Lakers today. Yes, he was hired by the Lakers. Um, I think so, that's the best pick in the draft. Julius Randle? Mm-hmm. So it, for those of us that aren't by our computer or a TV screen, the first pick was Wiggins to the Cavaliers. The second was 
Jabari Parker to the Bucks. The third was Joel Embiid to the Sixers. The fourth was Aaron Gordon, Pac 12's very own Aaron Gordon. He's phenomenal. I saw him play twice this year. Very to the Magic. Cool. I saw him play this year as well. He's he's a he's a good good uh player. And then we got seven five to the Jazz, Dante Exum, six to the Celtics, Marcus Smart. Seven to the Lakers, Julius Randle, and then eight to the Kings, Nick Stauskas. Yeah, I don't like his last name. He's not going to be good. Actually, Nick Stauskas <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, is a pure shooter. This kid has a, a video in his backyard with his pops and his brother where he hits like 70-something threes, like an outrageous amount of threes in a row. This kid is a lights-out shooter. And the only reason, he's, he's not good at any, like much else. The only reason that he's getting picked at eight is because that's a solid skill you can go off of. Like half these guys are going off potential. But shooting is one thing that doesn't leave you, you know? So that, I, I think that's the reason. He's not like, I think he just took advantage of his skill and the draft, and he ended up in a good place. So uh, the Hornets just picked at number nine. They picked Indiana uh, University forward Noah Von Ley. Hmm, he felt quite a bit. Von Ley. I just like saying his name. Now he's got a good name, Von Ley. Dude, there, I was watching World Cup soccer, and Portugal had a guy with the last name of Dabuti. The booty? Dude, my son and I were riffing on him the whole time. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, get that booty. <laughs> get it, the booty. Get so, the booty. We got to go to break. Is our guest going to come in anytime soon? Or? He is. He is here now. I'm going to run out and get him during break and bring him back up. And we will talk about Mike Masters, Utah Battle Rap, and anything else that comes up. Well, that's very exciting, sir. I certainly appreciate you joining OU Radio again. And uh, we will be right back after some commercials, so we appreciate you. One good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. So let the you educate you. Let your professors give you good wisdom and knowledge. Let the library give you good place to study and comfort. Let KU's Internet Radio give you good music. Listen to Saturday Night Jams every Saturday night, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. to midnight. KU's Internet Radio, Radio for Students, Radio by Students. God bless. Peace. And welcome back. This is OU Radio. I'm your host, Sasha Bloom. With me in studios, Keith McDonald. In the, very, in the flesh. And the very talented Nate Chacon. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you guys for having me on. How are you guys doing? It's a beautiful day. I'm a bit upset with the Utah Jazz and the NBA as a whole. <laughs> but I'm trying hard not to let that bother me. Wow, we went straight, in, straight into it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. WC, we drafted Dante Exum yeah, out of Australia. Australia, I saw that. You don't like that. I just don't like. I don't like the Jazz team <clears throat> the way they're configured. Why? Well, let's okay. We've got Derek Favors. He's a bum. Oh, <laughs> Derek Favors is not a bum. Ennis Cantor, okay. who's a bum. He's 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 mentally challenged. I'll give you that. Oh, oh man. Trey Burks is a decent talent, but he's tiny for the NBA, I think. And then we just drafted another point guard, and we have. He's Gordon. a combo guard, though. <laughs> He's a he said, guard. yick. Yuck. Play one position right. in a grown man's game. Here's the no, thing. All right? you don't. First and foremost, Derek Favors is not a bum, okay? Not a bum. That guy, when we got him from the Nets, mm-hmm. the Nets were sad to let him go. 
and the, I, I just feel like I feel like he's he progressed a bunch this year. The system that Tyron Corbin put into place just wasn't fit to his style. I like Dante Exum, man. I like him. I like Exum too. I don't like the direction that the Jazz are necessarily going. I don't think they should have, <clears throat> and I think that. Everybody jumped on Al Jefferson too early. You see, after we let go of Al Jefferson, he goes over to the Bobcats and has a career year. I oh, think we should have let. I think we should have let one of them go, Favors or uh, preferably Cantor, and kept uh, Al Jefferson. I like Al Jefferson a lot. You're not wrong, but he went to the Bobcats, bro. This is the Eastern Conference, man. Come I on. know, but you know he still played well. He still Absolutely. performed versus yeah. the best team in the NBA. Well, the second best team in the NBA, the Heat. He performed pretty well. Yeah, but he was playing with a, what other All Star? Exactly. He was playing with Paul Millsap here. Paul Millsap got his All Star nod this last year in Atlanta. He he, he did. He I'm did. just saying. So I I like I, I I totally get it. What I'm saying is that I don't know. Maybe just loosen up a little bit. <laughs> that is not that is not in in Sasha's vocabulary. Hey, just in um, the 76ers have selected with the 10th pick. Alfred Payton out of Louisiana Lafayette and eyebrows around the country uh, go up because I don't even know who this guy is. Your Chicago Bulls just traded for Doug McDermott from uh, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I hate that pick. I hate that, actually. (laughs) I hate that. I I like him as a player. I like him because he's a shooter, but I don't think he has a position. Like, he can't guard anybody, you know, and he he fits our our mold because he's a – a coach's kid and he's a hard worker and all that but i don't know man so let me ask you two one question and then we'll get into hip-hop sure there was a lot of discussion that the jazz were trying to give up uh alex burks favors their fifth round pick their pick uh you know the 20s and the next year's first round pick to get the number one draft would you have done that if you were cleveland <sighs> Assuming that they would have got Jabari yes. Parker. Yes, I would have done that. Wait, you said so the oh, Jazz yeah, wanted on. to do that. I would have done that if I was Cleveland, but I would have. I respect the Jazz for doing it because, like you said, we need that cornerstone player to build around. Is Favors that? Mm, probably not, but he's still a good piece. Like, you need a Favors guy to block shots, to get grimy, gritty rebounds, to, to, to dunk the ball, you know, when he gets the ball under the rim and stuff like that, but – you still need a superstar. You still need a guy to carry the team, you know, when t- times get hard, and I don't think we have that. I totally agree. I, I, I think, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe after this year I'll get off the Alec Burks train, but I still like him. <laughs> I, I still like him. He comes through, and he's a – Alec? Yeah. I, 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 he's probably – him and Favors are the two untouchable players on the team to me. I think I think he's great. I think he's a, he's a spark. Uh, he's – um, he just needs to know I how almost, to shoot. I almost said a, a, a lesser form of Ginobili, but he's got ways to go to become that. But he, <laughs> I mean, he's a really good. I like. I I would like to see him more like in a starting role, rather than because he steps his game up when he needs to. Last year when he played against the Heat in Miami, he had thirty six points. Sure. Yeah, he was the only I mean, person that looked like he, was, he wanted to be there. Right, and and you know what he was doing? He was showing out. For and obviously playing to the level of the competition that was there, you play against LeBron, you're going to show out. And Alec Burks showed that, you know, I don't know, man. I like him a lot, man. I like Burks. So who Burks. who sets up the plays for the Jazz now? Who is going to be that guy when there's two minutes left and goes straight to the basket to try to get fouled? Is Alec it Burks. Exum? It's it's gonna it's gonna so be Exum's, Gordon Hayward. Exum's going to be a shooting guard then. Yes. Yeah. On defense, mean, on defense, he's going to guard shooting guards. But I think on offense, he's going to play more distributed role and have Trey Burke shoot because he likes to shoot long shots. If I, I watched uh, 
Exum play in the 19-year-old uh, Olympic Games yes. for the 19-year-olds, and he's a point guard. He's 6'6", and he can handle the ball just like uh, Trey Burke can handle the ball and Alec Burke can handle the ball. Hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I would have gone somewhere different. Now, with that. with that being said, the draft is still early. We're only 10 picks in. So, I mean, they, they, they're still, you know, they still may trade it trade it off i mean yeah it's, I, the I night's mean, still early i don't know you know i i think i i, I see what you were saying because we were talking kind of just going over this just now is that the you know the direction of where they're going ah, man you know they're, they are guard heavy you know and then gordon hayward they just offered him a new deal mm-hmm. they offered him a new deal they extended the, they extended the, the deal right 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 and um we'll see if he picks that i mean would, i don't know would you I, like to see him leave the jazz I would like to see him become more accustomed to his role. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see him actually realize what his role would be on the team rather than trying to well, – I would like to see the Jazz not focus on him attempting to be a number mm-hmm. one. You know, I don't like – because I don't think he He's is. He's not one. a type A personality. I don't think so. And you have to be. Alec right. Burks is a type A personality. Yeah. I like this. I, I, I just – I, I just, just the jazz bother me in general. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm hey, a Magic fan. So. You know, you know, you know. Only thing about Burke is he needs to be in the gym shooting 300 jump shots a day. He probably is. He needs to be like he needs to work on his jump shot. Other than that, like nobody can stop him from getting to the rack. He gets to the basket He's when he good. wants to. He's really good. He's very good. However, like we got a lot of we have more questions than that. Who's going to coach us? Like, who's the coach going to be? Like, what right. are they going to be like? What well, system? Quinn are they Snyder. Like? Quinn Snyder. He's they, the he's the interim coach, right? No, no, they hired him. No, they they hired Snyder. Yeah, they just filled oh, his whole staff. They just hired five so, uh, coaches. So we don't know what like his team's gonna look like. He could be. I a like coach. I like Quinn Snyder getting picked up. By the way, they he, say he's him one and, of the. I like him and his alcoholism. Yeah. And his alcoholism to the valley. It used to be a big. Have you been in the valley a long time? I have. Yeah. Okay, so I grew up <clears> in my twenties in Cottonwood Heights, and okay. that's where all the jazz coaches and execs used to drink at maggie mcgee's mm-hmm. and they were <laughs> good karaoke they were horrendous like in terms of the ass grabbing and everything that they were trying to do with the young girls and yeah they were just completely belligerent and they won games fantastic. yeah yeah they Some partied cares. hard won games and, <laughs> but i'd like to see a little bit of that back it seems, yeah it seems like they've gotten soft yeah quinn snyder and i uh, appreciate uh, his hair <laughs> but they say on the last note here on uh, basketball they say that he's one of the best coaches at coaching up young people Absolutely. and teaching them fundamental. Right, and so I I heard that too. He was uh he took the developmental. He had the most players come out from his developmental yes. league team to that jumped to the NBA. That's got to say a lot, considering you're grooming young talent. That's you know on that 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 lining, okay, and then he's able to. Make, I don't know, you know, it seems like he's got this motivating personality about him. Does he teach them how to flop, though? That's what I want to know. That's a great question. I don't <laughs> he, think so because he's not European. But, but I don't did, know. He, I he did you know? coach in Europe. For that season. is true. Oh. So I, re, I retake that back. <laughs> so I think he might actually have that. So tell me about the world of hip-hop in Salt Lake, good sir. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I was about to say it's awesome. <laughs> um, no, I've I, uh, been a part of it myself since 2005 and since then it's exponentially grown mm-hmm. and uh for good or for bad or? It's, all, it's always for good i uh-huh. mean it's it's always for good uh, there's there's a lot to well let me let me go i'll, I'll go on yeah um anyway i've been out since two, i've been out here since 2005 and i've seen so much progress and so many things i mean there's still a long ways to go but there are so many artists that are actually doing 
a lot more to uh, create buzz for themselves, at least in the last two to three years that I've even seen. I like it. I mean, I, I certainly am a huge supporter of it. It's kind of cheers for me. Everybody knows my name, you know? So, I like that. Are we getting kids starting to travel out of state to open up shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one in particular right now that's uh, doing really good for himself is Pat Main. He's on the Warped Tour, the oh. Vans Warped Tour. And he's going, I mean, big ups to him. He, he put on, um, uh, what is it called? It's not a Kickstarter, but it's something. Indiegogo. 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 Yeah, he did Indiegogo. And he raised uh, a healthy portion of money and sent his white behind <laughs> out there. So... So one question that I always mm-hmm. come across when, when dealing with hip-hop in Salt Lake is the fact that there's two leagues, but what some might say, small, uh, say a small hip-hop community, do you think it's um, healthy competition or saturation? Are we talking about battling now? Battling, oh, yes. Okay, we're talking about battling. Okay, so these, those are two different animals. I think it's fine. I think it's great. I think uh, Utah is a extended branch, if you will, from the main vein. Uh, in Vegas and Mike Masters is what I started here in Salt Lake City so that's that's some you know it's just two different things I guess is the best way to put it do you understand what I mean so like I I didn't reinvent the wheel okay I'm not gonna let's not do that I didn't reinvent the wheel all I did was bring the wheel here okay because okay? it could have it, it was it, there were battles that were happening no matter battles happen Right now, there's probably a battle happening. So let's go back a little bit because I imagine that a large part of our audience isn't familiar with hip hop and the battle rap. So hip hop's new. In in some ways, no, I'm just kidding. For a lot of people, as an art form, especially in Salt Lake, hip hop's not a big thing. There's a lot of people that don't listen to it. You think so? I do. I think that there. I really do. Like I know. I'm not disagreeing with you. you I'm just trying to play the. (laughs) No, sure. So you own a business or a production company that right. hosts battle raps, right? Right. Tournaments? Right. We just had a tournament last year, uh, Dumb Luck. Okay. Uh, was champion of that. It was 24 rappers. Uh-huh. Came down to one, and he won that. And, yeah, we host events. Right now we're um, setting – when I say we, Lefty Two Guns, who is another rapper out here in Salt in the Valley uh, from – West Valley, uh, they call it the Ville out there. Those guys. Anyway, him and I are putting together a two-on-two matchup, so team matchups, and oh, okay. so that's that, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, I've been throwing events and so on and so forth. And then, do you do promotional stuff for bars or clubs or anything? No, no. no I, I, no, I have so much going on, man. Mm-hmm. With my, with my own thing. I just started a podcast. I Which, what's re- it called? Uh, just Synchro's Pod Show. Uh-huh. Synchro's Pod Show. Yeah, Synchro's, Synchro's Pod, Pod Show. Pod Yeah, pretty on, simple. Available on iTunes, Stitcher. Not yet. I I just put it on uh, Podbean right now, so it's on Synchro's Pod Show Podbean com. Check it out. And you can find that probably on your website too, which is yeah, uh, which is on the uh, Facebook Well, I we're I'm resetting up the web page that we had because I was going through Squarespace okay. and. F that. So, I, I, so I'm going. I'm, I'm I'm doing something else. So, um, the website that we had is no longer there. But you can certainly go to Facebook.com/backslash/MikeMasters801, and I post everything there. And so. So, what is your podcast? What's its theme? I guess. You know, uh, the theme is talking about uh, unimportant subjects, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I'm being yeah, silly sure. about it. A novel but, idea. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's. Um, 
honestly, it's it's literally me talking with friends or new people that I meet. Because you're meeting me for the first time here, sure. right? We go outside and, and chat. Mm-hmm. I'll talk your ear off for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and you'll talk my ear out back forth and that's you know that's just that's just like my personality like i just enjoy engaging and at the same time enjoy kind of trashing and the same thing you know (laughs) and like making 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 light of things so on and so forth you know you're gonna be doing any you have any rappers on your podcast oh of course yeah but i want to i don't want it to be exclusively that there's so many i don't want it to be exclusively that no so I'm pretty familiar with hip hop. Like I grew up in California in the '90s, so you know I'd go out to LA and see Boot Camp Click, and yeah, uh, you know right. the first show I went to was in '96 in Long Beach at a bowling alley, abandoned bowling alley. Beat Miners opened up for Wu Tang Clan. All right. So I've been, I've seen a so lot of shows. I've seen Camp Low. I've seen them all. Now, so you're what, 64? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same No, I'm uh, 33, and this is, why they call it, <laughs> this is why they call Four. it old Ute radio. <laughs> old guy radio, right? But uh, there's a you can't freestyle in <clears throat> battle rapping. Like I, You freestyle in battle rapping, but you can't, you can't use anything that you've written, right? Like there's rules to battle rapping, right? No. No. There's no so rules So you can't. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. Well, hold on. I guess the point that I'm going to make is this. All right. So it depends on what structure you want to do. Okay. Let's say, set a quick premise. You and I are at a party. Yes. And I'm like, blah, 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 let's battle rap. Okay. Okay. I don't know you from here to anywhere. Right. Right. So it's going to be mostly freestyle. Okay. If I, th- if I look at your shirt, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hurry and think about this. Oh, he's got a Russell shirt on. You know, think of that just really quick off the top. Right. That's a freestyle battle, okay. okay? Or like a tournament that's set up as a freestyle battle. Like you go into a tournament of one night of like eight people and you whittle down, whittle down, whittle down because you don't know who you're battling. And so you really can't prepare for just one person, right? Yeah. Okay. So the battles that I put on primarily are prepared battles. Uh-huh. So you'll know who the person that you're battling three to six weeks in advance. And so you're writing three rounds against that person. Okay, and they're studying these people, their opponent stuff on YouTube. And everything. Okay. Everything is on the table. And that's, that's what makes it so much different than the past. Like, if you showed up to a rap battle in the 90s, man, you showed up to the battle and you might have some street rumors about this right. dude. But, like, with the internet, you could go back to dude's third grade picture and post it up on the screen and come with a T-shirt with your third grade picture man. and your jerry curl on man, there. And it's bad. just all bad for you, man. Like, the feelings. Side spikes, you know. The, the feelings involved in it. You I mean, right, rollerblades, you know that stuff. Yeah, comes up, you know? yeah. <laughs> like all of that comes up, man. Yeah. You know how how uh, Eminem had to find out dude went to Cranbrook from the house party. Now all I got to do is log on and find out everything about you. Right. You know what's funny that we're talking to, since we're since we're talking about battling uh, Eminem. Since you just brought him up, I'll go off of that. Eminem just with uh, Shady Records and the group Slaughterhouse signed Daylight. Did they? I heard Daylight got signed to Shady. That's off that. Off that. Uh, um, they're currently running a TV program, like a, almost like a reality TV show called Total Slaughter, and it has eight MCs inside of a living together inside of like a, again just a reality a, TV reality thing. TV thing. But the thing is, is that for the battle rap culture, this is ridiculously huge because a we're on cable television. I say we because I've been in this. 
I've been watching these guys and I've been battling myself for for forever and it seems like at this point and to see where battle rap has gone mm -hmm. it's mind blown it's mainstream now yeah so yeah well it's been mainstream uh, Jay-Z talked about it last year at uh, um, South by Southwest He's, he was talking about battles that were that he would he had watched and at that point people were just hoping like battle rappers would just hope that maybe you know I don't know if this guy listens to my stuff I don't know if this guy and, and it was conf you know People are watching. A, a lot, lot of guys people? back in the day were battling for deals, though. Like, it's oh, some yeah. epic battles on YouTube, like uh, Freeway vs. Cassidy. Yep. You know, um, they, they were battling for money. Like, they were battling. This is my life. Whoever wins this impresses guys like Puff Daddy and Jay-Z and this, that, and the other. Right. And will go on to get a seven-figure uh, contract or, or advance. So sure. it was it was very big. I think right now. Um, and that, come, that comes from the Wake Up Show back in the late nineties. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what I'm talking about comes from just the 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 history of hip hop. Like it's an sure aggressive, enough. competitive thing. So like if if one battler was or one MC was from Brooklyn and he heard this dude in Queens was making noise, his boys would get him together and like, hey man, you got to battle this dude out of Queens. He says he's the best, and they would just battle each other. And you know, word of mouth carried the stuff around. Now we got internet. Internet, and the biggest thing is, the biggest thing is views. Right. So I wanted to bring that up. What 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 part do views on YouTube play in battle rap these days? Plays a huge part. Plays it means you're good. I mean, if you have a if you you know you you participate in a battle and you post it up, and if it has replay value, then that means it was great to watch. You know, there I, I put I put a I put a question on my page the other day, posing that you know do people search for new battles more these or days rather, or new albums or new music because I, it's to me i mean i still ah gosh i find myself in the middle because i i, I still love a good song mm -hmm. almost more than i do a, a good battle but like gosh you watch a good battle and there's so many punchlines that come out and you're like how did you even see but how did i not battles you know? battles um play on the part of my you know my likes and likes that deal with uh, literature and poetry because there's no beats anymore. But the music is a different thing because there's beats. Like so now there's no beats and there's a bigger concentration. It's almost I think. like slam poetry. Yeah, it's a bigger concentration on content and lyricism right. because you don't have that crutch of the beat to like it sounds cold because I said it with good timing. Right. You know it sounds very nice because I said it with with timing and and, and, and uh, filler and filler and uh and and and, and stuff like that. But in Absolutely. a in a, in a battle now, when they take the, the the beats out of it, it's like no crutch, you your words, you. so your it's lyrics. All acapella. It's all acapella. Well, yeah, it's uh, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, pre predominantly. I mean, I I still enjoy watching. I still enjoy watching battles with beats, but not as much as I do. Nobody does acapella. it though. Like smrrr. I did it. I did it. I did it. I I tried to. We tried to do it, and it's like nobody wants to see it. That's what that's like. Everybody talks about wanting to see it. And then when it, you know, it's like nobody wants to see it. Well, I'm gonna do the the most uh, shameless and low down, dirty thing a broadcaster can do right now, and ask a question to one of my guests on the air with the spot on. And we need to do something here at the U, man. Okay. We need to do something here at the U. The only constraint, I mean, free space. A lot of people that have no clue as to hip hop or anything about hip hop. Well, and let's expand on something. Because yeah, I'm, we we I, definitely I'm, need to expand something here because yeah. it's something that's needed well, up here. Well, I have I have questions or maybe just throw this out here when you guys are designing it. You guys have to remember that the University of Utah is a top twenty five inclusive campus in the country. So I imagine some of the insults that are used in the real world can't be used here. You know, you can't 
can't call someone a queer like when see that's and that's the thing i when i'm setting up shows and when i'm doing my thing as far as my show and promoting uh events here on campus i always tell people fcc rules and then i go out into the to the quad uh, in, in front of the union and I hear the LGBTQ center um, having their poetry slam and they're saying the B word, every other word, they're calling each other queer. Well, maybe in a different way. That's a, a, another connotation. But I think that when it comes to hip hop, people are so like over, over, overly protective or overly uh, sensitive. And then when it's said in other ways, I don't see it being as re- regulated as much. All right, here's the thing. Okay, let's mm-hmm. uh, like, like I said, we, I, before I started the acapella thing here. God, I hate saying I started it, but I did. <laughs> I, but I, I mean, I really did. I brought it to the forefront, I guess. <sighs> so weird to me. But it's just something I got to... Anyway. Um, before that, though, Dog Em Out... And I always give him props because I was working with him a lot. But before that, Dog Em Out was doing freestyle battles and it was over beats. And they did shows on U92. So I don't think... I, I don't see it would be a problem because I battled on U92 a lot. Mm-hmm. on the radio and you know you follow you don't say this you don't say that i think it'd be fine i think it'd be great well i encourage it i was yeah. just i was just oh i totally agree with that, you, you yeah know? yeah just it's one of those oh you things. find different ways to slight someone yeah is <laughs> <laughs> all you radio here is a big fan of comedy uh we mostly a lot of our guests are comics that come in sure i imagine that there's a lot of similarities between battle rapping and comedians in terms of you have to be quick you got to be funny you have to you know one one thing that the weatherman jim kosek used to say no matter how good your content is if you can't be entertaining with it no one's going to listen so that th- there you have to be really good right right absolutely yeah. no I, t- I that's a great point that you bring up with the whole uh comedian angle uh-huh. uh comedic rather angle and when it comes to battle rappers uh dirtbag dan i'll just use him as an example <laughs> that's a good name um <laughs> see you already see chuckles all right here we go stupid start, king dirtbag dan well i'm just saying okay comedians dumb names all right <laughs> comedians okay i don't need to go too far sure. much further but uh when he when he when this when these types of battles were being thrown onto youtube there were so many comments were like oh is this just uh, is this just uh, comedy? No, 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 no. Because it was essentially turning into like you know the dozens. jokes. Yeah, the dozens. You know, turning into jokes. Just uh-huh. but your shoes are busted. You're, you know, your mom's got four feet. You know, I mean, like yeah, but why the, you got a monocle in your arm? The you know, the, the thing is though, man, there's different there's different traits to, oh, to 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 battle rappers. Just like there's different traits to basketball players. You got the power. You know, you got a powerful player. You got a speed player. You got a player. You got a rapper that's a lyricist. You got a rapper that does schemes. You got a rapper that uses humor. You got a rapper that uses performances. There's a guy in a the. Daylight, for example, dude yeah. will dress up as anything, man. He'll dress up as anything, his yeah. gimmicks. Some people don't like gimmicks. Some people like lyricism. Yeah. Some people are like, if they don't come with bars, then I'm really not interested. You know, but some people only show up for those performers. And, I mean, you got to respect it because it brings people. Makes sense to me. Daylight is an anomaly, man. That guy is, he's good. I mean, gimmicks or not, man, that guy is good. It's an anomaly for somebody to have so many gimmicks and still be good. He's I, I, good. I agree with you. He's he good. He is really good. He had a line just in this this last episode of Total Slaughter, and I, I'll uh, – by gimmicks, do you mean he's got a caricature? Like yeah. gimmicks, he like... showed up with like a, a big like pompadour wig on one time. He dressed as Batman. His 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 he theme was, was in... to the Batmobile for a minute, like his last thing mm. to the Batmobile. Yeah, it was a slogan. It was uh, a slogan. Um, he 
showed up in England and in his third round got butt naked. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he still had a banana hammock, you yeah. know, but uh, <laughs> he was butt naked. Like he is he, that good for uh, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't care what anybody you can mm-hmm. say whatever. Yes, it is. It's great. <laughs> yes, it I don't is. care. I mean, that, you know, do what, say whatever you want, you know. But um, entertainment, uh, the industry is a beast, and uh, one of the biggest ways to get your weight into it is to do something different because everyone. I mean, what's different between us three here, you know, um, sitting over here on a, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, Jim Rome, I listen to him a, a lot, and I was listening to a podcast by the Sklar Brothers, Scarborough Country, and he was on there, and he was talking that when he was at UC Santa Barbara, that uh, he came to a point where he's like, I don't even know if I want to do this, because what's what's going to make, what makes me different? There's 150 other radio hosts here at this college alone, there has to be another million of me's out there well you know how he got made he did the whole thing with jim everett calling him chrissy everett and then he got punched in the face on national tv it's perfect well, that's well, great but, but come on that's great you, you have to why be, wouldn't you why wouldn't you but, do that but you have to be made before he was on national tv though like most of us won't even get to that point you know what i'm saying but that was the most hilarious the way that he got there ever. though man he worked so hard man he went he when he got to when he got to college he was failing classes because all he dedicated his life to was radio like he didn't go party he he made no. he didn't he 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 didn't even go to class. His dad got hit. He was telling a story that his dad got one of his uh, report cards and uh, and it you know showed an F on it. And he's like, ah oh, man. And his dad's like, well, you're gonna have to stop the radio thing. And he's like, I'm not gonna stop it. And his dad's like, okay, well then you have fun paying for it yourself. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. And yeah, I mean this might be way too radio way too geeky, yeah. but his class also had local David James. And then national sports guy, Steve Zabin. So, you know, the University of Santa Barbara is a fine school for radio, but it's also in one of the most beautiful cities in the world with some of the most beautiful co-eds in the world. Uh, and that's, that's where you get the differences of in any profession, the person that has a work ethic. And that's yeah. one thing that we I, always... I think that's, I think that's yeah. what we're all talking about mm-hmm. here in the end is work ethic. So, yeah. so tying that back to, yeah. to battle rap, what do you think separates the top tier of battle rappers from the bottom tier of battle work rappers? Work ethic. Uh, work ethic and wanting to be better. I mean, th- there's, that's it. I, I, I wish I could, like, go into this huge villa. I mean, that's it's, it. It's not a big recipe. You know, I mean, just work hard, uh, be committed, have passion, and th- things fall into place. It's just like with anything, you know. If, you, if you're, you know, you're shooting one jump shot a day, you can't be expected to be dope on the court you know so who i know this is putting you on the spot too man who's your top five here in utah i hate this question (laughs) i'm not putting me in order no order i won't i won't make you do that man uh battle rappers in utah top five um me 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 no i'm just kidding um (laughs) synchro 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 and synchro 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 um synchro synchro and dylan um (laughs) Left Two Guns, Emerson Kennedy, B-Side, AK, and Bobby Lee Swagger. Bobby Lee Swagger, that's a good name. (laughs) So, do you have any shows coming up here soon? Late August. That's all I'm going to say right now. That's all all I'm going to say right now. No, no, no. This one that we're doing right now is actually late July. Excuse me. It's either between, I think it's the 19th or the 26th. We're just debating on the 
Do you have a set venue or anything? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Is that we're we're looking at the venue that uh, we're going to. So people that are interested, and then they can go where to look for your schedule. Facebook.com backslash Mike Masters eight zero one. Post everything there, and I'll I'll update everybody on my show Friday, this Friday, and next Friday as well. And then you can follow on Twitter at Mike Masters eight zero one, and then my the Mike Masters Twitter rather, and then my Twitter is at Synchronice S Y N C R O Nice. And then, of course, you can see any of the battles that we've posted in the past. We've had the likes of Cadillac Ron battle. He's battled Atheist and Dre Day. Uh, oh, man, I didn't even mention Dre. He'll kill me. Dre Day is dope, too. I saw yeah. Dre Day uh, battle he's, at he's the... Like, he's in the top five, I seen. I saw him lose at the project this summer. It was a close one, too, man. Who I think I think I don't know, but I think Dre Day won, and they, they, they gave oh, it to yeah. the— Yeah, I was okay. there that day. He battled Playboy short. Yes, he did, and he lost. And I thought I thought Playboy, because he stumbled, that's right. lost that one, and Dre Day won it. But I'm actually teaming up with Playboy short for this next event. That's what's up, man. We're going to be a team. Anyway, so uh, YouTube.com backslash Mike Masters 801. Check out the battles that you know we've put on in the past, so— and, and come prepared so when you come to the battle that they're hosted in June that you'll know a little bit about the players and everything like that and know what to expect. Uh, with that said, man, that EK versus B-side battle just dropped a couple yeah. days ago, man. Um, I was there. You were there. Yeah. So wh- what do you think uh, It's supposedly, quote, unquote, the biggest battle in Utah uh, and, and everything like that? I put it in quotes, mm-hmm. man. I put it in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's doing uh, the Bobito on me over there. Uh, That's Bobito who used to do that. Uh, hey, um. Okay. It was Besi- a great battle. Besides that, yeah, yeah, two, two of the, awesome two of the stalwarts of of Utah uh, battle rap. Great. Who do you think? Who do you think won? Thought, uh, I thought B side won two to one. I thought, um, Emerson. I thought B side's first round was really a really hit. I mean, that was a big hit. Uh, Emerson can uh, see. Here's the thing: when Emerson battles, it's very difficult to go against him too because he's so good. He's just so good. You know, and so it's difficult just to even go against him because he just he has so many schemes. But I would, I would, I would say, you know what? I might even just say EK two one because B side definitely. Well, no, I'd say B side two one because in the second round is when B side stumbled. The third round B side didn't stumble. See, and this is me. Like I, I have close ties to to two battle rappers, and I can never judge their battles. It's yeah. like no scorecard. There's no like. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like going out and being a judge in Olympic gymnastics or something. Like, how do yeah. they score it? Like, yeah. uh, who? What do you put the value at? Do you put more value here, or yeah. like, how do you judge a battle? Uh, you judge a battle off of uh, poise, obviously content. So when you, swagger, I guess. Um, stage presence stage for those presence. of y'all that, yeah, that aren't. Stage presence. Hip. That was the uh, that was yeah. That's the word I was the term I was looking for. Um, stage presence. Crowd reaction. Well, crowd reaction will go with content. Okay. Um, I mean, those three things pretty much are it. Poise, making sure that you stay on top of your game, that don't slip. Uh, poise, content, people like you, what you're doing. And then, of course, stage presence. Don't be a geek up there. Or be a geek and own it. <laughs> be a geek and own be, it. Yeah, because yeah, Atheist does. Atheist does, man. Be a geek and own it. I, Sh- I, what I meant to say is don't be timid. You know. Don't be intimidated by the situation. Yeah, step own up. Own it. Yeah. That Eminem song, "This Is Your Moment," you know that's. So where do talk. you where do you see Utah battle rap in the next five years? Like, what what progressions would you like to ne- see? I see it in the next six months. It's been it's it's just got better. It's just always got better. I mean, like what what <sighs> that hasn't happened? What 
happenings do you want to occur? Like, what do you see happening? What do I want for myself, for within my own league to occur? What I want to see happen within my own league is to construct, just continue to construct larger events. And to the, but here's the undertone. I want to, I want to harvest new talent so bad, so bad. I want to this get is the place, man. I want to get guys. Do you teach them up also? I don't have a class, all right? Yeah, but <laughs> hey, good promoters teach yeah, up their talent, man. Yeah, well, hey. uh, well, you tell me which uh, I, within this little clique of battle rappers and uh, uh, battle rap leagues, there's not one league owner that teaches like I. I mean, I'll I I've, I offer advice. If, no, that's what I'm saying. Cause yeah, oh, of course, it, cause all it, the time. Because rap is an extension of media, right? And there's oh, no one person in this world that can do it by themselves. Oh, right? of course, yeah. of course. No, no, no. Of course, you always critique. I, I, I'm, I, when my friends. Even like Emerson and B side, like even you know, I'll I'll tell them, well, this sucked and that sucked and this was awesome and this was <laughs> awesome, you know, and so yeah, that's always there, that's always there. But I, you know, but, but to, I would like, because there was a lot of new talent that came out of nowhere. That um, Nick Jones, who I'm very close with, uh, the group that he brought out with him. We, we started a draft is what we called it. It was essentially like a tryout league for us. And I want to see that get hit again very hard. I want to see just new guys. I want to see new faces. I want Because there's 6 billion people on this earth. And how many people, you know, it's just, yeah. It's, well, to that point, man, rap needs a lot of new voices, man. We have a lot of the same voices, man. Like, I, I don't know how many people say they're original, but then rap about the same things that the next guys are doing, man. Like the same themes, the same thing. So I, I, I really uh, co-sign that sentiment. I think that we need some new faces and some new ideas, man. Some fresh ideas, man. I think it breeds competition too. I mean, it, it makes the it makes the water it makes the water rise, makes the pool bigger. And know? then and then you know, cream rises, man. The the top talents are going to be pushed to the top by more competition, and the ones that aren't is ready for competition are going to complain and fall to the bottom and not perform, you know? Yeah. My biggest thing, my biggest thing in the next six months part, and I keep hitting that is to stay consistent and to throw great events and harvest. Well, I, I uh, embrace your championship man. I, I, I like your passion. Uh, we're let's give out your Twitters and Facebooks one more time, and then we got to pop the break here. You so. got Twitter uh, dot com or Twitter uh, backslash Mike Mike Masters eight zero one. That's for the league, and then my Twitter uh, is uh, Synchronize S Y N C R O N I C E. The YouTube channel for the battles is YouTube dot com backslash Mike Masters eight zero one, and then the Facebook is Mike Masters eight zero one as well. Beautiful. Oh, and then if you want to at all participate. Email MikeMasters801 at gmail.com if you want to help promote or if you want to, you know, be involved in any avenue, please lend your advice and go on from there. Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Got to have you on again, man. Uh, Got to have you. This we'll, is like an eight-part conversation right here. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be back with uh, the great comedic talent of Aaron Woodall. So thank you very much, people. We appreciate You're you. You're I'm ABC4 Utah's Nadia Crow on KUTE Radio, radio for students by students. <sighs> Wish I could find my long lost father. Hey there, Sonny. Dad? No, it's just me, KU Radio. But come here, I'm gonna teach you how to start a lawnmower. KU Radio, it's like your dad.
and welcome back to All Ute Radio. This is Sasha Bloom. Keith McDonald has temporarily left this studio. With me, though, is one of the funniest men in Utah. I guess I can't really call him Salt Lake City. Hey, I moved here. I, I'm, brand, I'm in Salt Lake City now. Well, welcome to Salt Lake City. Thank welcome you. to the U. Welcome to All Ute Radio, Aaron Woodall. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. So you're a BYU guy. Uh-huh. I'm a BYU grad. Uh-huh. I graduated. Uh, were you with Christian Piper and all that? Or was he before you? He was, yeah, he was before my time. We should also maybe introduce yes, this please. guy if he's going to keep babbling. And say hello. Hey, this is Ethan. Ethan, you going to say anything? Uh, he's 18 months old. Also a, one, a comedian, you know, uh, <laughs> is opening for me. No, this is my son. And uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you move. You lose your babysitter pool. Yes. And you don't know anyone in your building yet well enough to to leave your only child with them. So, so you're not uh, looking on Craigslist for a babysitter? Oh, I didn't know that they had those on Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist is the best. <laughs> so let's get the plug out of the way real quick, and then we'll come back to it later. You're at Wise Guys Ogden this Friday and Saturday headlining. Andy Gold, a friend of the show, is opening for you. Correct. And then we'll probably be, who's, who's hosting? Andy. Andy's hosting. Yeah, Andy's hosting. Yeah, Andy's okay. hosting. So there will be a couple more comics then in on that show. Right. I just, I don't know who they are. But yeah, uh, Wise Guys Ogden is, as I'm sure you guys know. It's, it's fantastic. A, it's, a, it's a great place to perform. It's going to be my third time up there, I think. My third time headlining there. And I'm really pumped for it. You know what? If I didn't have to work, I would be up there because Ogden's one of my favorite. Ogden's Wise Guys, I think, is one of the best clubs in America. They're so good. Yeah. They sell out. Like, I'll sell out, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm not a draw. You know, when someone, like, a big name comes in, it's easy. Like, sure, that'll sell out. But, like, Wise Guys Ogden turns out for everyone, myself included. And they come, like, some crowds, like, you have to make them laugh. They come in and they're like, all right, man, show me that you're funny. Ogden is like, hey, we're ready to have a good time. You want to tell us some jokes? We're already laughing. It's and, okay. And they have a, they're have they educated in comedy because, you know, uh, Keith has been up there for so long. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm happy for you. Do you, are you just a wise guys guy? Do you do any other clubs in town or is that? I haven't. So like uh, for the other in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. no, I haven't gotten to do anything yet. But that's kind of why I'm excited that I just moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that's going to. I can finally start uh, performing more in other places. Been down in Provo for like the last five years, and uh, especially when you when you're in school and you have a job, and then you have this little kid, mm-hmm. it makes it hard to get up to Salt Lake on like weeknights and things uh, to do open mics and to make friends and stuff. But uh, I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, I I do perform in other clubs besides like uh, Liquid is a club in Boise. And uh, I featured there a few times, and uh, hopefully I'm going to headline there later this year. But that's how how is that experience in Boise? Are they a good crowd? Are they a fun crowd? Yeah, it's an interesting venue, and I think it makes the venue makes it uh, really fun. Is it a Um, bar or an actual comedy club? Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it used to be a funny bone, and then it closed, and then it became a bar, and then the bar was like, we need to bring comedy back to Boise, and so. It's like that's, I think that's why it's so interesting. When you see the layout of it, it's very, it's very, very cool. Even if there are only a few people there, the way it's laid out, it makes it still, you know, it doesn't feel like you're playing in this big empty room. But they also had, uh, I went up there and I saw Hannibal Burris perform uh, in May. 
and the, like they put 400 people in there and it's just packed and it was a really it's a really cool place and Boise they're nice people I've I've always done well there I've had really good sets there so but it's also a small sample size I don't know it's really pretty <laughs> up there I haven't been to you know I don't know Idaho as well as I probably should but I've been to Boise it's a nice town you don't should you know Idaho better? I don't know. You probably know it exactly. <laughs> you, you probably know it well enough. There's Boise and then that's it. <laughs> that's funny. So tell me about the comedy scene in Provo because I, outside of Christian Piper, was Abigail Harris down there too? Yeah. Okay. So outside of those two and you now, I don't know anything about um, Provo. It's, it's cool. The <laughs> Nicholas Smith's doing a show down there tonight. Really? Um, I think... Does he uh, have clean material to work down there? That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Who, so you, you know, Greg Kite's on the show, and Natasha Maurer, I think, is there as well. Oh, that's a fun show. Um, yeah, it should be. I'm sorry that, like, I was like, oh, that's a really cool show to come to Provo the second that I leave yeah. Provo. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have gone. Um, but uh, that gives me hope that, like, other these Salt Lake-based comics are coming to Provo, and I think that'll do a lot to help build up the scene right now really like the only comedy there's like a comedy sports there you know there's an improv club but the only comedy there is is coming out of byu and that's where abigail's from and me as well there's a, a stand-up club called uh humor you it's called humor you um and it's just uh you know students like the byu version of wallace fetzer and jackson banks and, yes. and jonathan well, falconer yeah and uh they it's a i think it's a great experience at least for me as a comic because Provo crowds are a lot like Ogden crowds, where they're easy, they're ready to laugh, they're, they're there to have fun. Um, and so when you're first starting out as a comic, that's nice to have that, have like a, a sweet, like reassuring crowd there to, uh, to back you up. And I think it's a good breeding ground, I guess, for, for young comedians. Is the name? Ethan doesn't like the microphone thing, or at least he like, he's, doesn't understand why he doesn't get his own microphone. Are you going to ready to talk? I feel like, is this like, is this so BYU? I feel like, like, listeners are like, oh, this BYU comic brings this kid. What a BYU thing to do. Well, we're an inclusive environment here, sir. We, yeah. we, <laughs> we celebrate all aspects of life, including the, the youngins. Yeah, I was like, Sasha, I mean, like, he's interviewed comedians before. Has he interviewed a baby before? This will be a good experience for him. We have. I, I, first <laughs> of all, I have a boy who's going to be 12 in July. Oh, okay. His mother talked to me two days ago that he might be starting puberty. One of the most disgusting words I've ever heard yeah. out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I want a three-year-old again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? Humor you sounds like you guys are stealing the Ute's name a little right? bit. Right? I don't people have asked me like why is the why is the U in your name? Right? And I'm like I have no idea. <laughs> we should ask the guy. I don't know. I I don't know. It's I think a good, it's, it's a I think good it's a valid question. <laughs> it's a good name, but it's not a good name for BYU. Yeah, like but I and I, I guess humor why sounded too much it's too different <laughs> why like why humor? like why should we go? Yeah. Why? But um but I don't know, because if it's just supposed to be short for university, like humor you, or if, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I feel like when, like, because Wallace and them, like their club is just called the Stand Up Comedy Club. 
Yes. And I feel like they were probably bummed that Humor You was already taken. They're like, that would have been great well, for I us. Well, I encourage them to take it. Here's, if you're, since you're friends with them, why don't you remind them that they owe me, they owe me and KU a commercial? And these guys have been telling me, oh, yeah, I'll get you the commercial. All I ask is for 30 seconds so that we can put it in our machine and our 15,000 listeners can listen to it. When I put on my headphones, I thought I was hearing Jackson Banks' voice. That yes. wasn't a, so this, he owes you more commercials? No, I want a commercial for the University of Utah Stand-Up Club. Oh, I got you. No, I just, I'm producing Jackson's summer show. It's called uh, Camp, Camp Jackie. Camp Jackie? Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be fantastic down the road. Boys, Down yeah. the road. Not right. Not up front. Well, so it's our not first right show away. together. Uh-huh. You know, and we got to... We got to build and get better, but we are going to have an exciting show on Tuesday from five to six with your counselor, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's going to be educating all of us all summer. So, sounds fun. Tune in; it's going to be a blast. Oh, I love Jackson. <laughs> yes, he's fantastic. What made you want to be a comic? It's not the easiest thing to do. It's uh, it humbles you quickly. Uh, yeah, probably. Ego, I don't know. Okay, um, explore that. I, I think like a lot of people start out uh, in comedy because they're funny in their group of friends, and like, oh, my friends think I'm mm-hmm. funny, and I tell really funny stories, and they like, they like that attention, they like getting those laughs, you know, like making people laugh and making people happy, and then like those people want to be around you and they like you, and you know that's fun, and uh, you want to then try to take it to the next level. I think that's something, maybe I'm only describing myself. Maybe I shouldn't project this on, on everyone else. But um, I, my mom tells stories that when I was little, I would recite Steve Martin routines to grown-ups that I would, like, stand in front of. Like, if there was, like, a party at my parents' house, I would stand in front of the couch, and I would just tell Steve Martin jokes. Um, and that I was very cute when I did that. Uh, so I think from an early age, I was attracted to it. Um but uh, I then in, in high school, I just, you know, I was I was just telling stories to friends and enjoying it. And I thought and I always and I liked going to see stand up comedy. Um, I would go to the uh, I think it's called the Comedy Factory in Baltimore. And that so was you're a, an East Coast guy. Uh huh. I'm from Maryland. And that was the first place I saw stand up comedy live. And I just I loved it. And so it was always something that in, like, the back of my mind I really was interested in. And it wasn't until I got to BYU and I heard about this uh, inappropriately named club that I was like... Humor yeah. you. I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> I, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. This is for me. I want to do it. And uh, as soon as I started, I was okay at it. And I just loved it. And I was like, this, this is great. This is, this is a ton of fun. And so I just kept writing and kept... And kept coming up with the new jokes and kept writing that high of, you know, a good performance and stuff and uh, kept chasing it. And then I go through four or five years of college, never finding anything that I that I really what was liked. your major? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, in the end, my major, because I got to a point where they're like, graduate. Yes. You have to graduate. <laughs> so in the end, my major was Italian okay. with minors in sociology and communications. That works out. Yeah, does it? That sounds like when you say it all together, it doesn't sound. I'm like, yeah. When you just say Italian by itself, the only thing that I liked about it is I felt like Italian made comedy seem like a viable option to my in-laws. Why not? <laughs> and they're like, and I'd be like, to like, 
uh, what are you majoring in? Uh, Italian. But you've got this comedy thing, right? Like you're going to be a comedian? That's, yeah. That's good. So by comparison, it, it worked out. But yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy anything I did in college as much as my time in Humor You. And by the time I graduated, my wife and I talked about it enough and stressed about it so much. that, And we were just like, we're going to do it. We're going to be full-time self-employed artists because mm-hmm. she's a photographer. And I'm... Uh, for video or for just standard photography? Yeah, just, just standard okay. photography. Um, she does some commercial work <laughs> and weddings and engagements and all that stuff as that you do in Utah. <laughs> but uh, I, this is, I'm just a few months into full-time stand-up comedian status. And I like it. I moved to Salt Lake. I feel, I feel more, I feel funnier already. Yeah. Yes. It's a funny place. No, you're really in a good spot because, as I'm sure you know, the comics here are so great in giving with their time. And, you know, you're going to be working with Keith Stubbs and you can't go wrong there. Yeah, he's great. Uh, You'll get stage time. Do you have dreams of going to New York and Boston and Philadelphia and doing that whole circuit? Suddenly, my sights have been on Los Angeles a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, uh, have, I've said several times that I would never live there, that I would never want to live in L.A. I recently got, in, uh, got an acting gig and just loved it. And, Doing what? Um, uh, it was like a, a TV pilot. It was a, okay. a strange, tr- strange story about people that can't sleep. And uh, <laughs> it, probably, it probably won't, you know, become anything. But <laughs> I had a blast doing it, right? And uh, I just thought, and I have I have a, a couple friends, a couple comic friends that live in L.A. right now, and just talking to them about it, and that's where my wife would pick L.A. over New York any day. And so I feel like, oh, maybe maybe that is going to be. Plus, Jackson, I don't know, uh, Mike Grover is going to L.A., and Jackson might go as well. And we're just, I don't know, L.A.'s been on my mind more. But, yeah, I do... Have I do dream of of moving on from Salt Lake? I think I, I think it's a great place and it's a, a great place for me right now, especially. That's so many opportunities here that wouldn't be available for a comic of my experience anywhere else, and uh, like the fact that I get to headline a comedy club, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. It's There's beautiful. No, I know, and it's such that's such quality stage time. That's such quality practice. I mean, I don't know. Should I, I mean, I should. I, everything's practice, right? I don't feel bad calling it that. But it's uh, it's a great, great learning experience um, that I wouldn't get anywhere else. Let's go back to the TV thing. I work in television professionally. How many days was your shoot? What were the hours like? <laughs> Inside, outside. Um, How many cameras? Everything that I shot was outside, and I only shot three days. The first day was really just like an hour or two, mm-hmm. and it was at the uh, LDS Motion Picture Studio in Provo, which I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. It's like tucked behind this Cafe Rio, and the, it opens up, and they're like, oh, look, this is Kirtland. Oh, hello. <laughs> you're like, you're walking through. This is, this is also Palmyra. This is also Nauvoo. Any church movie you've ever seen, you're walking through these streets. This is crazy. That's um, funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, then... So then, like, then the next two days were longer. They were, like, I don't know. I think I did 10 hours one day. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were on different uh, locations. 
and but all all everything was outside. One was like filmed on a street. I got to do a, a few minor stunts in a car. Oh, by minor you. stunts, I mean <laughs> I got to speed up to 40 miles an hour and then slam on the brakes. But I had to slam on the brakes at the right spot so that and brake so that like the car would stop on the correct mark. And then I got to speed off, peel out. I think is was the was the official term. <laughs> I got to peel out at the end. And then we went to the, like the final location. There were supposed to be donuts. Like that's what the script is like said. I'm just doing donuts in a parking lot. And I was super bummed that they wouldn't let me do that. They're like, no, that's that's a little risky. We'll have the stunt driver do it. And then, uh, but they're like, but stick around for the next three hours in case we decide to use you. Like in case we need you to be in the car if it doesn't look right or something. So I sit, stick around as they film these donuts. And they weren't even donuts. He drove the car in a slow circle. And that was it. And I was like, What? This was the stunt I couldn't do? You're crazy. <laughs> this is so... For was, insurance, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was um, pretty professional. Did there, you? There were a lot of uh, BYU students involved, and I think for, for a lot of people, it was their first really, like, professional experience. It was... It was SAG affiliated. I had to get like SAG yes, approved. Of course you do. And I felt I felt super cool. I was like, <laughs> movie stardom, here I come. Listen, <laughs> look at me. That's all you should post on your Twitter. Is <laughs> yeah. your SAG papers? Uh, watch it grow. The one thing that BYU does very well is their communication program. They they, right, I think yeah. a lot of them are very stiff. A lot of their journalists are very stiff. But from a technical aspect, they because I work with tons of them and boy are they trained up well yeah i'm not saying that the U's not but the U, and i think this is a fair to say could learn a lot from the communication program from byu well i found out so th that was what i tried to make my major at mm -hmm. the end and they were like no just please leave yes. and <laughs> because um i took what it like i you're supposed to take all the 101 classes in the beginning i found out because mm -hmm. then it gives you this experience and you're like oh but I took them all as like a super senior mm -hmm. and because I just needed I, I needed to keep my scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, and so I needed to, to I needed easy credits. So I would take a bunch of 100 level classes. And oh, man, is it wonderful when you're like you're sitting in a bunch of freshmen who are like, what? We have to write a three page paper. And you're like, oh, yes, I'm going to write this 30 minutes before class. I'm going to get a better grade than all of you. It's fine. But I took this 101 comms class and I was like, oh, this sounds like a really awesome career. And then I found out BYU's like they're all there because they're different parts of mm -hmm. the comms program. Like there's PR and there's journalism, but all of them are in like the top five in the nation. It's some, you know, and it's I was like, oh, I feel dumb for not having known this sooner, not having looked into it. But uh, so I, I ended up getting to make it my minor and just the little bit of experience that I had there. So let me really ask you cool. a question about BYU, and I really want you to understand <laughs> and our audience that it's not coming from criticism because I'm at the U. It's strictly I want to learn for me. Okay. It seems to me in my head, and tell me if I'm ignorant, that your freedom of expression, your freedoms of speech are l limited, limited <laughs> at BYU. Oh, yeah. So does that hurt the creative process of young men and women and others? Oh, okay. So I don't know. I f it's part of me wants to be like an ambassador for the school oh, and, make, no, and sure. make people think good things about it. But the other part of me is has been there for five years and got really cynical <laughs> and got really upset. Yeah, I think that there I think it is very limiting. 
and not always in great ways. I understand why, though. It's just because it's not your typical university. It's owned by a church, and that church is very tied to it, and they're very, very worried about any sort of bad press or any sort of controversy, right? Mm -hmm. And so they have to be very protective of what is allowed to represent their university. Uh, yeah, but but it it's an honor to, let me make sure this is clear. It's an honor and a privilege to get accepted to BYU, let alone graduate. Like your degree from BYU is a prestigious thing in this world. It, it's not, it's not like going, I don't want to say any school names. <laughs> I guess I don't think about station. it like that enough. That's a but good it point. Is. Um, it because is. Because I used it's to, I used to, the people that complain about like the honor code and shaving mm -hmm. and stuff, like the little dumb complaints like that. I'm like, well, you read it and signed it before you came, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you just, you don't get to complain now, I don't think. And especially like I, I would say, I would tell people all the time for the amount that I'm paying for this degree, I would wear a suit every day. If they said you have to wear a suit every day to class to come here, I'd be like, okay. For the tuition prices are really good, so sure, I'll do it. But uh, the for the the expression stuff, so being in Humor U, we would run it, like we were pretty much self-governed, and when it kind of was like left to the president to decide what got censored and not, mm -hmm. because we had to, we've come up with jokes, like practice is all is free reign, right? We say whatever we want and to. You can use F but, word and all that. Uh it has it has been said okay. in uh, in the Mazer building. There's this giant painting of Carl G. Mazer, uh, like that hangs above us, and we like put the projection screen down in front of him so he can't look at us because we feel <laughs> <You> dirty. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, you know we can't say all those things in shows, and so the president like censors stuff before a show just to make sure that uh, we uh, you know don't get into trouble, right? What but do you mean censors? Does he read your notes? And oh, yeah. So we do we do dress rehearsal before a show. And everybody – so we do – Humor You does new material every single show that so it does. Hold on. Oh, let sorry. Me, no, let me stop you here. So you actually have students that show up and watch the comics. Oh, yeah. Okay, so – This is where we have Wallace way beat. Okay, <laughs> so I think my co-host on Tuesdays, Rebecca – I think she and I are the only students that have ever watched comedy there. Just, yeah. just calling you Utes out there, boys and girls and others. No, that's that's the the thing. We we have like a sweet auditorium where we perform, and it's it's, so do we. it's cozy. It's like 180 people max, and we do they'll humor you'll do four shows in a weekend. You know, Friday and Saturday, two shows each night. Seven thirty, nine thirty. Uh huh. And uh, they'll sell out. And it's nice yeah, to you're have selling tickets. Yeah, five bucks a pop, man. And then oh, Wallace, <laughs> boo! This is and no wonder I can't get a commercial. So if I were doing radio at BYU, I'd obviously I'd have good numbers. I'd be working hard at it, but I would get a commercial from Humor U. Yes. Oh yeah, I would have had it, or I would probably would have had three or four by now. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. want? Do you just want to get a commercial from Humor Can U I anyway? get a Humor U commercial sure. and play it here? Sure, why just not? Just to teach these, because I will do it. It will be in Dad tonight. Okay. <laughs> Shame on you, Wallace Fetzer. And he's got a show here on KU. Saturday morning. Yeah, I've, I've called in. I called in one time. Hmm. It was a weird experience. I wasn't actually listening. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so Wallace, Wallace posts on Facebook, call in, like, if you want to. And so I was like, okay. I've always wanted to call into a radio program. 
And I thought that there'd be something that they were talking about and that they would ask me my opinion on. Yes. And they were like, so what did you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, well, why'd you call in? And I was like, I don't know. And they said, you've got 30 seconds to come up with something. And I was like, I've seen Noah. I saw Noah. And I thought it was good. And that was that was my time. And I've never called in since. Wait, here's what I was going to say about. Okay. So a, a few weeks ago, comedians from BYU... Uh, went to Wise Guys West Valley to do the first ever BYU U of U showdown. Yes, I heard And about Wallace that. organized it, and it was a blast. And it was tons of fun. And some, some, some BYU student reporter in the, in the communications program there was at the show and, like, took offense to of some of the jokes that were told by BYU students. So he was, this is this whole, like, his whole stance was like, we were expecting it. From the likes of Jackson Banks, <laughs> you know, we would have, we expected no less, uh, but from BYU. But, and like, so then he writes this article in the paper about like, did humor you cross the line? And it was crazy to me that we were even talking about it. And like, they were just trying to frame it as this, um, uh, trying to frame it as this like, oh, when BYU's not, oh, when humor you's not on BYU campus. Then they like they have no morals whatsoever. Like that's what it was kind of it felt like. But um, but see, I'm a journalist by trade here, and that you're supposed to be objective as a journalist. Oh, Your yeah. opinion is it's not an ed piece. It's not an op ed editorial. Mm-hmm. So how how was it? Who did was it? There was there a winner or did everyone get a trophy? That's well, I didn't even know that there were going to be judges, but apparently uh, Marty Archibald, who uh, who you know, and Spence Roper, they were the Utah State judges. And they wore Aggies T-shirts, and then and I don't. There was like the score at the end. We BYU lost by one point to the U, and but the score was like something crazy, like twenty-seven hundred points <laughs> to twenty-six ninety-nine. So I have no idea how it was scored, but uh, I was actually really impressed at like how well the show went because everybody there was eight comics total, and they were doing ten minutes each. I was like, this show is gonna drag. But it wasn't. Every comic really, really brought really good material. So let's see here. You lost to the Utes in football, basketball, softball this year, baseball, and comedy. Is yeah. that a clean sweep by us this year? Yeah, uh, okay. true. That is true. <laughs> Granted, uh, we paid for the Utes meal after the show because we have a, we have a budget. <laughs> so, well, because so you guys know. are responsible. Yeah. And you yeah. sell tickets. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, in the end, in the end, who won, really? <laughs> Everyone um, at T's, uh, no, hires Big H. That's what we mean. So I guess this is a segment where we bash Marty Archibald. <laughs> okay. It's a theme here. Uh, he uh, sent me an email, said, hey, I'd like to be part of OU Radio. I said, you know what? I would love to have you on and help out with the news, you know, the reading of the news. Because yeah, he used to do, he had like this blog thing yeah, too. Yeah, he, he's got a journalism degree from Utah State. And so I said, you know what? That'd be great. So I met with him. We discussed it. I've heard nothing since. I've nothing. called him twice. Oh, yeah, I still want to do it. Nothing. He's supposed to be right now in studio sitting right there. Really? Yes. All right, well, I'll do it. <laughs> this is the, the the running thing. You're like, you just need to work with more BYU students. I don't mind. I, I just want all these things to make will be accomplished. Show. All your dreams will be. Um, I don't. I don't know Marty well enough. I think to talk trash about him. No, and he's uh, a wonderful man. It's just. 
No, um, I just like I I wish I knew more of his secrets and I would like bring them out and <laughs> find out where what really hurts him and then go after that. But no, I he's don't. a he's a great comic. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I'm just confused. I've I've never understood when someone says, "Oh, I'm going to join your team." And then you never hear from him again. I guess it's probably because I consistently talk about him on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at Ogden Wise Guys, uh, mm-hmm. s- Friday, Saturday this week. Yes. That's going to be a lot of fun. You, s- you seem like you're a very funny man. Thank you. What's your humor based on? How do you write your jokes? What's your writing process, writing I think, style? I think it's mostly about anger like i think anger. i i think it's most uh, most at least my favorite bits are all things that i'm like this bothers me mm-hmm. this is annoying and so then I, I make fun of it and i write a joke about it and the first time i did uh a headlining set the guy who was my mc uh was paul sheffield and he was like, like hey. yeah and he was like hey so just something that i noticed like everything like you did great Everything was negative, though, right? Like there wasn't a, you know, usually you have like, you take like a position on each subject that you bring up. This makes me happy. This makes me angry. This is silly, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, everything you talked about, like there was nothing that made you happy. And he's like, that might be something you want to think about. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> uh, and he was like, unless like that's what you're going for. And I was like, maybe that is what I'm going for. I don't know. So it's since then I've tried to write uh, th- about like find the things that make me happy in life, but it's just so much easier to focus on the negative. What's wrong with just being negative? Yeah, I don't know. I want, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Has Keith ever (laughs) reviewed your work or? Uh, No, I mean like. Or Seth Tibbetts or? No. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, No, like uh, Keith, so I did did well at the Rocky Mountain Laugh-Off last summer and that's when Keith asked me about headlining. Mm -hmm. So that's as much of a review as I've gotten from him. So obviously he was impressed. Yeah. Um, no, but I think, yeah, that's, I, I'm still, I think finding your voice takes a really long time and I'm only, you know, three years into this, but comedy is a 40 year old man and woman's game. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but the more, like the more I've gone, like the last couple of years, right. The, and the more I've actually thought about what is my style and the first time that I've actually like thrown jokes away because like, Hey, maybe this is a joke, but maybe it's not my joke. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So the more I've done that, the more I think that I I like to rant. I like to be angry. I feel like it's 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 what it's how I get over stuff, right? I mm-hmm. feel like it's a huge release for me whenever I get to just make fun of someone. Do you practice? <laughs> 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 me too. <laughs> <laughs> There's so being at BYU, there was like, I would, the, do you know about uh, Studio C? The, no. They're on BYU TV. It's a sketch comedy thing that came out of BYU. But I'd read there. I, I took like a class from one of the people from Studio C in sketch writing. And she was so positive. And she was just like, I love comedy because like it's, an, it's a way to celebrate all the amazing things in this world. Like look around us. This world is beautiful and amazing. And comedy is a way to celebrate all the great things. And I was like, am I an awful person? I think I might be an awful person. I've never used comedy to celebrate anything. I've only ever I mean, I, I'm used at, it. In my head, I'm thinking of Carlin, Kennison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, they didn't see it that way. Good. I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got good company. I'm well, okay. I, I, don't you just have to do what's comfortable for you? Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to relate to your audience. I think that's the, the, the most important part of comedy is just 
being true to yourself mm -hmm. in lots of different uh, ways. But uh, if you like the material, like the subjects, the topics need to be true to you, the attitude, the, your voice, everything needs to be authentic, or I think the audience can tell. Because essentially all that media is or entertainment is recreating the casual conversations that humans have every day. Because that's what we do on this planet. Everyone has casual conversations. It just so happens the highest paid actors, the highest paid radio people are best at recreating those everyday casual mm -hmm. conversations. Right? Yeah. I think it's really and so good point. I, I think that your comedy has to be that way, is the best representation of you. Otherwise, you're a caricature, and it doesn't. W I don't know if it works on the stage. I mean, maybe if you're an Andrew Dice Clay, it does, but... <laughs> So right now, I, my act is filled with a lot of jokes about this little guy, sure. Ethan. Um, that's been that was like the first, first real life experience I think that I had. That wasn't like I think everything before that were just jokes that were I don't know were just silly things. Like I I found a hotel in Kenya called Giraffe Manor, <laughs> and it has like it has real giraffes that live in the like or in the hotel premises, and they come in your like they poke their heads in your rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I read all these horrible reviews for it, and all these people that were like, uh, it was basically a glorified zoo that lets you spend the night. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is, you idiot. <laughs> and so I like really, I would write jokes about that, like silly things. But then this was like the first life experience that I had that was relatable. And I felt like that was when I turned, uh, like I had a turning point in my comedy. My greatest joke so far, the only good joke that I've written so far has been about childbirth. And it's just like, it felt like it was the first time I found a joke that um, touched on something like that. It wasn't just like a silly thing to laugh at, but I took a real fear of me and especially my wife <laughs> and we and we'd like, there was a real thing that we were really scared of, and uh, I wrote a I wrote a joke about it, and I felt like I tapped into something real, so that uh, like people in the audience were, they reacted differently to that joke than they did other jokes because they're like, you know, this something that's something that they can identify with, right? And it was was by by being really true to our experience, I found like that that I've gotten better. I've done better in shows and stuff with that material. And so um, I think that goes back to, you know, being being true to you and be yourself and being authentic and to that human experience. It makes sense. Were you in the were you in the birthing room when your wife? Oh, yeah. Cut oh, the yeah. Umbilical cord. Uh huh. Changes things. huh? Yeah. It's game I changer. <laughs> does. <laughs> I said I didn't want to cut the umbilical cord. It's um, hard to cut. Right. I just, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't want to have, I also said I wasn't going to look. Uh, you, and, uh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> I did, I, it wasn't, I looked at it and I was like, this wasn't so bad. I had made this seem way worse in my mind. But, uh, you know, Nate Bargatze, he's got a, uh, a bit about like cutting the umbilical cord. Like, why am I doing this? Like you're a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I doing your job? And that's how I felt going in. But then like, just, there's all this. There's just pandemonium and euphoria, and then the doctor just puts a pair of scissors in your hands and stretches this <laughs> thing out, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll do it, I guess. And I didn't even think about it. I just cut it, and then I was it's like, It's a weird-looking oh, cord, too, uh, color-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Did the bond change with your wife instantly? Uh, did you yeah. get closer? I think this is where it gets uh, super sentimental. I I sat down and I wrote like I had we had a laptop with us in the hospital and the day after I was writing down like these feelings because it instantly felt 
like we were complete. Like you found this this piece that you didn't know you were supposed to have, but you were all like as soon as he arrived, it was like, oh, this is how it was always supposed to be. It mm-hmm. felt like going home. It felt like and it felt like we were always supposed to be in three. Right. And like mm-hmm. suddenly like he showed up and I felt so much closer. I mean, obviously to him, but I felt so much closer to my wife as well. I felt like, oh, this is. I don't know. It felt like I I think it was similar to when we first got married and like you started living in two and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I I can't believe I wasn't always living like this. So let me ask you a question here. When the mom, when the woman becomes a mom, her priorities change significantly where your her male spouse mate isn't the priority. Have you been able to deal with that? okay in terms of her spending more time thinking more about the child than let's say you the husband i actually wonder if she feels if she feels neglected by me i felt like i like the same the same change happened for me uh-huh. where suddenly it was just like ethan who has somehow gotten himself uh in between speakers i don't you know you he's, he's, he's gonna be okay um but uh I, I suddenly felt like ethan's number one priority mm-hmm. right um but uh, I think that there that that on from both of us has created stress on our relationship, and we don't we try to like have dates and stuff still mm-hmm. where where we just had time to to talk to each other about things not related to Ethan. You know, it's it's give and take. Like there are pros and cons. As much as we have been like at this extra stress and these extra distractions from each other that kind of takes away from like our own personal needs. It has also been nice to have this unifying thing in our relationship that we both concentrate on and that we, we both love him so much. And when, like when we do things, the three of us, oh, it's just, it's so much fun. We took a nap together today when she got home from Aww. work and all three of us in the bed. And uh, it's just sweet. I love it. I love life with him. It's good. You could have more? I don't know, man. I think like I look at people with just even just two kids, but then there are people with tons of kids. I'm like, how? How do you do it? How do you 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 don't have time to do anything? You can't. How do you shower? I want to know how you shower with two kids. But also, I just it almost feels like rude to have another kid at this point because you're like, oh, we love you so much. You're the light of our life, and you mean everything to us. Let's get another. We're kind of bored with you. We kind of want another one. But at the same time, I think it like I see him like having a little brother or sister. I think a lot of it's really ego cute. and not yeah. in so much abandoning other kids. I think people are so afraid of dying that they just want to. F- <laughs> no, I'm they just want to have fill their yeah. fill their lives with with light. Yeah, they want more life, of them. I mean. They want more of them. You know, it's, uh-huh. I think it's part of consumerism. I think having a bunch of kids in a the modern world where we don't have farms and we're not. Right, <laughs> doing all that, I think it's weird. But no, I'm, I, I like you. You seem like a very good man. I bet your huh. comedy's fantastic. Thank you. It is. Yes. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> so you're gonna be doing uh, Wise Guys on Wednesdays, open mics and stuff. Yeah, that's the. Uh, you're gonna come to the U on Mondays at 7:30 and teach Wallace how to build a show. I'm really excited about it. Are they still doing it all throughout the summer? Yeah. Mondays. Okay. Um, I haven't. I still haven't been because. Oh, well, you should go. There'll be like we, fifteen comics <laughs> and no one else. Yeah, um, it's embarrassing. We moved in like oh, like a week and a half ago, but I went to San Diego last weekend for like a comedy competition, 
and then we're still unpacking stuff. And so I had friend, like a friend that was like, are you coming to open mic last night? And I was like, no. And he's like, this is why you moved here. You come to open mic. And he called me out on it. And I was like, I know. But I am, I'm excited about hitting up open mics everywhere, uh, every night. Yes. Uh, Matt, definitely make sure that you uh, talk to the veterans at Wise Guys because there's – just talk to them about the do's and don'ts of doing comedy and staying in the right light. Okay. And that's all I'll say on air, but – you know, I really appreciate you coming in studio. Everyone, go to Ogden Friday, Saturday, seven thirty. Have a great time with Aaron Woodall and Andy Gold because mm-hmm. right there, there's two hours of great comedy with no one else. Yeah, and if you don't like driving to Ogden, and like I wouldn't blame you. I make I, your girlfriend drive. Yeah, <laughs> get it, get your dumb friend. When I was go. at BYU, I wouldn't go to Orem. If someone invited <laughs> me to Orem, I was like, no way, no way. But uh, I, I'm working, I don't know, go visit AaronWoodall.com, but in like three weeks when the website's mm-hmm. done. In the meantime, I have a YouTube channel. I upload a new video every Monday. Um, my username is the Aaron Jules. It's mm-hmm. my middle name. I, th- I started Jules? the YouTube. Yeah. It's it short for Julius or? No, it's just Jules. Jules. J-E-W-E-L? No, J-U-L-E-S, like Jules Verne. I like that. Yeah, That's it's a pretty. strong name. It's a classy name. I know. <laughs> But yeah, the Aaron Jewels. You can just look up Aaron Woodall on YouTube. I'm sure you'll find it. You're on good Twitter. videos there. Yeah. I, I'm on, I don't know. I have a Twitter handle. I am not often on. T- I'm trying to get better you at tweeting. You certainly don't follow back, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See? I basically just got it. So I was like, I was like, eventually one day I'll have to have one. Yes. And I'll, I, I don't want all the Aaron Woodalls to be gone <laughs> by the time I, I get around to it. So I well, got one, but I'm still working on. I just got my very first smartphone. I think with a smartphone, tweeting will come easier. It used to be like if I came up with an idea, I'd have to wait till I got home and like open up my laptop, log into Twitter, and then and then tweet that. Now that I am getting into, you know, catching up with technology, I might get better at it. Well, I think we're gonna sign off here. Okay. I don't know what happened to my co-host. Oh, was he supposed to come back? <laughs> the guy that was like, I'm coming back. I, I've. <laughs> I've done, I don't know, 1,400 hours of radio for KU. I've never had this happen before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird to me. Do you need us to stay on? Uh, Ethan will be your, your co-host for the <laughs> next hour. <laughs> well, at least he's providing content, unlike Keith McDonald. So, you know, what do you do? Get it together, Keith. So, again, Ogden, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Bye. 7.30, Aaron Woodall, Andy Gold. <laughs> Ethan won't be there. He'll be asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate all of you, and thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. We will be back on Tuesday.